0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living in. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast coming to you live on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus, as well as on Twitter at MTaurus Sports. Uh, if you guys are here in the live chat, go ahead and drop me a comment and let me know how you're feeling about Oregon football recruiting and the latest commitment for the Ducks coming out of the transfer portal. Uh, I spoke yesterday on Sunday about the latest big commitment of 2024 quarterback Luke Moga. And then today, I'm going to be talking about the addition of Ole Miss transfer tight end Casey Kelly to the Oregon Ducks as the Ducks are getting some help at the tight end spot, a major position of need ahead of the 2023 season. And if you guys are watching on replay on YouTube, go ahead and make sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel and leave me a comment. Let me know how you're feeling about Oregon football recruiting. Always like interacting with you guys. I had a lot of really good questions and comments in the live chat yesterday, so I want to make sure I I leave that open to you guys and want to see what's on your mind and interact with you. So go ahead and leave me a comment or question, and I'll do my very best to answer it on today's episode of the show. Uh, I'm also right now planning to have a live stream later today with Locked On Ducks host Spencer McLaughlin to give my thoughts on Oregon football's spring game. And then it's always fun to bring Spencer on as well. So uh, with, with that being said, let's hop into this episode. So Casey Kelly, old Miss transfer tight end. He is the latest Oregon commit out of the transfer portal. And he made a little post on Twitter. So I'm going to go ahead and share it here for those of you guys watching on YouTube. So it looks like uh, Casey Kelly might've been in town in Eugene for the spring game this weekend. Here he is pictured with Dan Lanning and his uh, older brother, Chad Kelly. So Casey says, I'm blessed to say I am committed to the University of Oregon. All glory to God, blessed. And then he tags a couple people, Wilson Love, who we know is the Oregon strength and conditioning coach and um, Dan Lanning, Oregon football. Uh, Drew House and Drew Maringer, the Oregon tight ends coach. So this is a big addition for Oregon out of the transfer portal and um, not necessarily one that I saw coming for the Ducks, but it definitely makes a lot of sense. You know, I wasn't privy to Casey Kelly in particular, but uh, we knew that Oregon needed some help at tight end and where were they going to get it this at this point in the calendar year, the transfer portal. So the Ducks go into the transfer portal again to add, I believe their 11th commitment from the portal in this uh, 2023 cycle between the end of the 2022 season and the start of the 2023 season so we're going to break down this commitment and kind of what it means for Oregon just to get into some background on who Casey Kelly is he's originally from Niagara Falls New York and he played his high school football at Mallard Creek High School he uh, was listed on the 2022 Ole Miss roster at six foot three 255 pounds and he will be a redshirt senior in 2023 at Oregon once he uh, arrives and gets going with the ducks. So he spent four years at Ole Miss, but, um, you know, to be perfectly honest, wasn't terribly productive, uh, at least from a statistical standpoint, he played in 35 games and caught 28 passes for 282 receiving yards and three touchdowns. So it's a guy who has played a lot of football, but maybe doesn't have uh, you know the strongest track record in terms of what production he's bringing to Oregon. But what we do know he's bringing to Oregon is some veteran experience and a lot of reps uh, at tight end at a major position of need for Oregon. So right off the bat, that is an obvious upside. That's an obvious plus uh, for Oregon, given where they're at right now with the tight end room. I think that this connection, this commitment rather makes a lot of sense for Oregon because of some of the connections, you know, they brought in Tysheem Johnson also from Ole Miss this off season uh, who had a great debut in the spring game and had that big hit on, I believe Bucky Irving to break up a pass on Saturday afternoon, but we're seeing more and more every staff does it. And so is Oregon. Obviously we're seeing them lean on some of those prior connections, those previous stops from some of their guys on the staff, as we know, Wilson Love was at Ole Miss. So was uh, Jaworski Beckham, who is, uh, you know, like the speed and performance coach at Oregon. So some of those relationships are, are coming into play here. And, um, yeah, just really we knew that this was going to be a priority. Tiana was going to be a priority for Oregon as they went into the offseason, due in part to a couple of the moves that they saw in the transfer portal themselves, right? Longtime veteran Cam McCormick heads to Miami, to reunite with Mario Cristobal via the transfer portal um, and a a relatively surprising move just because he's an in-state guy. I think sometimes people think that they're a little bit less susceptible to the transfer portal with some of those in-state guys. um, You know, some of those men of Oregon that uh, grew up in the state, but uh, we saw that that wasn't necessarily the case, especially last year. Um, You know, seeing that Keith Brown entered the transfer portal and eventually committed to Louisville just days after uh, meeting with the uh, members of the media and saying that you know, hey, I could have easily been one of those transfer portal guys, but uh, you know, it means a little bit more to me, and, and I want to be at Oregon. Sorry, I'm having a little bit of a crazy hair day here, folks. Just trying to do my best here. Um, but uh, but yeah, those those transfer portal uh departures, uh, Cam McCormick to Miami and Maliki Matavao to UCLA, uh, really stung Oregon. I think in the moment, uh, the Cam McCormick you know, departure wasn't as much of a loss. I didn't view it as that big of a deal just because he'd been at Oregon for so long. And, and, you know, to be honest, didn't have a whole lot to show for it. I'm not saying he wasn't a value member, valuable member of the team by any means, but you have a guy who's on the tail end of his college career versus a guy Mike, like Maliki, who has only played two years of college football. And might I add, he played early while he was at Oregon. You know, had that eventual game winning touchdown reception uh, against Ohio State, against the Buckeyes out there in Columbus. And he and both he and Tans, Terrence Ferguson, members of that 2021 class, found the field pretty much right away at Oregon. And um, I think that there's not necessarily a long tradition of tight ends finding the field immediately at Oregon uh, or of Oregon necessarily signing really, really highly sought after guys. Um, but, um, but Terrence Ferguson and Maliki Matavao were both All-American recruits, I want to say. I know I know Maliki was, maybe maybe Terrence wasn't, but they were highlighted as one of the best uh, tight end duos, tight end classes in the country for, for 2021, their senior year coming out of high school. So for Maliki to see the field as much as he did and end up transferring, I think is definitely, was definitely a blow for Oregon and, and honestly, a little bit of a shock, but when it comes down to it, I think that uh, you know, he kind of wanted to be the guy at his school. And, and Terrence Ferguson has has really cemented himself as a key piece of this Oregon offense. He's been productive, uh, he scores touchdowns, he's able to to block really well, you know, he's a giant guy and he can move really well and, and affect the game in in the passing game as well. So I think that the writing was kind of on the wall there, maybe for Maliki Monteval. Not in terms of he wouldn't have a role at Oregon, but Terrence Ferguson just seemed like he really took hold of that role as the guy, the tight end at Oregon. So with with Maliki gone and, and Cam McCormick gone, we knew that Oregon had to go into the transfer portal to find another tight end. You know, they had a couple of tight ends that they were in the mix for uh in the 2023 class. Obviously, Kenyon Sadiq signed with the Ducks. We're gonna talk more about him a little bit later on, but they were going after uh Jabari Johnson. Sorry, Jamari Jamari Johnson uh out of uh out of Inglewood but he ended up honoring his um his pledge to Louisville. So Jamari Johnson kind of came down to Oregon and Louisville. Pitt was another school that was in the mix there, but uh they weren't able to seal the deal on him, you know, but that wasn't a huge surprise. Uh he's a New York kid so wanted to go back home back to the east and and I think that uh Louisville certainly helps him do that compared to Oregon if we're just talking strictly on location. But Casey Kelly fills a major need for this Oregon team right now. You know, the Ducks just finished spring football. Um, they were supposed to have practice today on Monday, but it got canceled. Still kind of trying to figure out why or what happened there. But um, I think that spring football is, you know, essentially over now for Oregon. And uh, coaches are going to get out on the road to recruit. And um, this is the the start of the spring eval period. You know, schools across the country even out in my neck of the woods here in Southern California, modern day St. John Bosco uh, they are all um, up and running with uh spring practice. So hopefully going to be getting out to some schools and some practices to check in on some top, top Oregon targets. Uh, that's going to be exciting. But with Terrence Ferguson being injured, getting banged up in spring ball, getting held out of the spring game. It uh, looks like he's, you know, at least as of right now, not going to be back until the, till the start of fall camp and maybe he'll do some workouts and stuff over the summer, but they definitely don't want to rush him back because that is your main tight end. Patrick Herbert is a, is a guy who looks like he's more than capable of contributing to Oregon in uh, 2023. after all, he did play the entirety of the 2022 season, which Drew Maringer was talking about as something that was very important for him. If you know the story of Patrick Herbert, he's you know battled injuries throughout his entire time at Oregon. Uh, so just for him to get through the season, I think that that was definitely a, a bonus, but from a scholarship standpoint, uh, before Casey Kelly's commitment, you know, Oregon only had two scholarship guys, three scholarship guys now on, uh, on the roster with Terrence Ferguson, Kenyon Sadiq and Patrick Herbert. So now that you add a guy like Casey Kelly, you're able to get that up to a healthier number now at four. Um, they, uh, they had another guy, uh, Travis Brashear, who I believe is a walk on number 85. I want to say he's been doing a little bit of run with the, the tight ends. Um, we saw Mateo Uyunglele doing some tight end work uh, during the spring game, but, uh, now that they're through spring, I think that they're definitely in a good spot. Now that they have another guy that's going to be coming in to, to help build out the depth chart at that position. And it's a guy who, who's very experienced and he's played football maybe not necessarily at a high level himself from a production standpoint, but I don't think that we want to get too hung up on the stats uh, that I, that I went, you know, that i said earlier, 28 catches for 282 receiving yards and, and three touchdowns, because it's not just a passing game. You got to have a tight end that can block. And we know that Oregon going to be a run heavy team without a doubt in 2023, even under new offensive coordinator, Will Stein. So let's just talk a little bit about the, uh, the spring game. And kind of how the tight end position looked there, um, Miguel. I see your comment and question, and I'll get to it uh, in, in just a little bit. But I think that uh, Patrick Herbert and Kenyon Sadiq looked pretty solid in the the spring game. I think that you know Kenyon definitely had the the more productive game of the two, the more productive day uh, at tight end during the the spring game. He did have a couple of drops. Um, You know, I think that that was obviously a drawback on uh, his performance, but he did have a couple of uh, chunk plays. And I think for Kenyon Sadiq, I think coaches have said, you know, a couple different times now that he's kind of drinking out of a fire hose uh, right now at Oregon, being a guy that enrolled early, um, was the only tight end that the Ducks signed in the 2023 recruiting class, signed as an athlete, but was a little bit more of a pass catcher. So I think they've really been trying to bulk him up in the weight room to kind of get his body ready for the college game, for the college level. But uh, I thought Kenyon steak looked good out there on, on on Saturday, You know, playing for the green team, connecting with Bo Nix, connecting with Austin Novosad, the early enrollee true freshman out of Texas. So for him to kind of get thrown into the fire isn't necessarily an ideal situation, but it's a situation and a move that I think could really end up benefiting him and, and benefiting Oregon. Um, it's, it's an interesting dynamic to kind of look at, you know, especially with young guys, I think for Oregon to get to the place that they want to be as a program, a program that is contending for national titles on a year to year basis, you need to be signing and adding guys that are contributing to your program and competing for spots right away. You don't want to, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but ideally you don't want to take too many guys that you know, take a while and you don't want to take too many project guys, right? That's kind of what I'm getting at. And I'm not saying that Kenyon Sadiq was a project guy by any means. I'm just saying that I think ideally you want to have guys that are seeing the field early because they're pushing starters for for jobs because they're just that talented. You don't want to see them necessarily pushed onto the field because you don't have any other options. And that's kind of what's happening right now, uh, or what did happen at least, with with uh, Sadiq and, and and you know Herbert. Um not so much Herbert because he's a returner, so I shouldn't say that, but with Kenyon Sadiq at Oregon, um, you know, he, he's a guy who just kind of has to see the field early and you know he has to be a sponge and, and soak up as, as much as he possibly can. Uh, and then you also saw Terrell Tillman enter the transfer portal and return to his home state of Texas to play for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. He came to Oregon as an outside linebacker, edge rusher, pass rusher kind of guy. And then they looked at him and they said that this is just a, a really athletic guy. So let's see if he can try his hand at a, at tight end. So we, we were yet to see kind of what the tight end involvement looks like in the Wolstein offense, just because we have such a small sample size, but at least from the spring game, we know that, um, you know, those guys are going to be relatively um, relatively, you know, involved in, um in this offense. Cause it's a, it's a really interesting position that I think uh, has a lot of upside. Um, but just looking at the receivers from, from uh, the stats from the spring game, I'm trying to pull this up right now. Um, Patrick Herbert had two catches for 14 yards um, for the yellow team. I think they sent a, a, a an updated version So let me see if I can go find that real quick. Here we go. Okay, well, Kenyon Sadiq definitely caught passes, but for some reason it's not reflected in uh, the stat sheet for the green team. So I'm not really sure. Ah, here we go. Okay, those are the leaders. So Kenyon Sadiq caught two passes for 25 yards and had a long of of sixteen. I, for some reason, I thought it was more than two passes, but maybe that was just because he had a couple of drops. So it's you know it's it's a starting point, right? And just to talk about some of the other guys that that Oregon has been you know using to fill in for this uh, lack of depth in the spring. Mateo Lele did line up for a couple snaps at a tight end, but I thought he made a really good impact at a you know defensive end, outside linebacker, edge rusher. You know there were a couple of reps. Where Mateo was was going against Josh Connerly Jr. and those were just some really physical, competitive, you know, strong reps. Uh, you know, a couple of them you saw Mateo strong arming um, Connerly and just driving him back. And that's not just any offensive lineman for Oregon that Mateo is. You know, holding his own against that's a former number one offensive tackle in the country. Uh, the headliner of Oregon's 2022 class who saw the field a lot as a true freshman and burned his red shirt. So it's not just some you know practice squad scout team guy that Mateo is holding his own against. And I thought that was a really encouraging sign uh, from Oregon's spring game to see Mateo as one of the standout true freshmen from that game. Uh, Cole Martin was uh, another one of my top performers. I'm probably going to work on that story a little bit later this afternoon over on Ducks Digest. Um, But all that to say, I don't think that you necessarily want Mateo playing tight end unless you absolutely need to, um, because that isn't necessarily a position that Oregon's been lacking at. But you're still kind of a work in progress to see how this group shakes out, especially once Casey Kelly gets to Oregon. Um, I think that that's still very much a work in progress. But once Terrence Ferguson returns and, and he's healthy, you'll have him, you'll have Patrick Herbert as probably your main two guys. And then you can kind of mix in Kenyon Sadiq and Casey Kelly with Casey Kelly more likely, at least right now to, to have a a stronger, you know, more prominent role in this Oregon offense come the start of, of the season. So um, I'm trying to think of anything else that, that I wanted to add about uh, the tight end position for Oregon. Uh, They do already have two commitments from tight ends in the 2024 recruiting class. So those guys are, are players that aren't gonna impact Oregon's team in 2023, but we're looking kind of ahead to 2024 now. Um,
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: especially with the tight end position, just to kind of see how it projects. You got commitments from AJ Pugliano from North Medford in the 2024 class. And then you also have one of the newer commitments for Oregon last week, come in a couple days before the spring game, uh, Jackson Ford, tight end out of Melissa, Texas. And that guy who, and he's a guy who comes from Texas and has a background as kind of a guy who's played a couple of different positions, right? Jackson Ford played, uh, some quarterback before he ended up focusing on tight end. And he also is a standout defensive lineman uh, playing at Melissa, which is home to another big time Oregon target in the 2024 class, Nigel Smith. The second I talked to Jackson, and he was saying that he was hoping to recruit him to Oregon, that they're really good friends. So we'll, we'll see if anything comes of that, but, but Jackson Ford is a, a really intriguing prospect at six six two forty two. 242. Uh, I think his tape looks better at defensive line, but he himself said that he didn't get as much run at tight end as he wanted to. So we'll see how his game kind of progresses. And if the ducks want to even take a third tight end possibly because they, they just uh, hosted another big time recruit uh, from the state of Utah this past weekend. Uh, I really hope I don't uh, butcher the name, but let me see if I can, if I can uh, pronounce it here. Roger, Roger, Sally Apaga, the second from Orem High School, where where the Ducks found Noah Sewell a couple years back. He was just on campus for the spring game, and uh, you know, kind of what I'm hearing is that he's the real deal when it comes to guys out of Utah and, and talented pass catchers. So we're gonna have to see what happens there. Um, and let me go ahead and get to Miguel's question here. Miguel said, "Did you hear that David Stone Jr. Ha- uh, will take an official visit to Oregon?" I did hear some of that. Um, I saw that, you know, the, the five-star IMG defensive lineman was on campus this uh, this past weekend for an unofficial visit. And that was kind of a visit that came together a little bit later uh, in the week. So the and I've talked about it on previous episodes, the, the caliber and quality of defensive line talent that Oregon was hosting for the spring football game was was on a whole new level. Um, so I think that getting an official visit from David Stone Jr. is is a good sign not a huge surprise seeing that Oregon tends to get official visits for some of these big time guys that they're in a running for in the running for, especially from across the country. Um, I think I did see that he's getting predicted to Oklahoma right off that, a visit to Oregon, but maybe they can get him out on uh, on that official and they're not going to take an official visit from a guy. They don't feel like they have a good chance at landing him. And certainly a guy uh, of David Stone's caliber would be really, really, impactful for the Ducks. I think there's probably other guys that they feel a little bit better about their chances with in this 2023 recruiting class, like West Coast guys maybe, like Jericho Johnson from Northern California. Uh, He was just on campus uh, a few weeks ago, I believe, and then you have Elijah Rushing as well. Uh, Colin Simmons even I think would be maybe a more realistic guy right now considering the staff's ties into the state of Texas. Um, And he's over at Duncanville, and I think LSU has been a team that's really surging for him. Uh, but Jordan Ross out of Alabama, he's a big time guy that the Ducks uh, got out on campus for a visit. Going to be hard to pull him out of Alabama, uh, but we'll see what they can do there. Um, I'm just thinking of other big time defensive line prospects that the Ducks uh, have recently brought in and uh, you know, are recruiting uh, a little bit more heavily maybe right now. Um, but Elijah Rushing is also going to be on campus for an official visit. I think uh, June 2nd is the day that he's going to be. Uh, visiting. Uh, You also have Conroe, Texas, Oak Ridge defensive lineman, Joseph Jonah, uh, uh, who was just on campus this past weekend. You know, he's, he's teammates with uh, he's teammates with Justin Williams, a big time uh, Oregon linebacker target in the 2024 recruiting class. So I think that there's really a lot of potential for this defensive line class to be quite special for Oregon. You already got Jackson Jones from Arizona in the fold He's an edge rusher. Uh, He was on campus this past weekend, former Washington commit that I know a lot of Oregon fans. That's going to make them happy. Uh, And then you also have Tioni Gray from the St. Louis area, a big six foot six, 295 pounder that the ducks flipped from Missouri. So if if the ducks can take their swing at David stone, Jr. They're getting that official visit. And and it sounds like they're going to be able to take that, uh, take that swing now uh, on another uh, official visit. So that's big news. I think one of the bigger things to mention here is that uh, just because prospects can take as many, uh, as many official visits as they want, I believe is the new rule uh, that's going into effect in July, that doesn't change how many visits, how many official visits uh, each school is allotted. So I think that that's still very telling, um, you know, got to keep a close eye on who Oregon kind of uses those official visits on because you're not going to give it to just anybody working to the bone, who is coming and from where, tuning in now. Yeah, if you're just tuning in now, welcome to the show. Um, Casey Kelly, the Ole Miss transfer tight end, uh, announced his commitment to Oregon over the weekend. So this was big news seeing that we knew that the Ducks needed to add to the position ahead of the 2023 season. Uh, I was talking about Casey Kelly's career at Ole Miss, spent four years in Oxford playing for for Lane Kiffin, Um, not, not a whole lot of production while he was playing over there, but he was playing in the sec, saw some playing time against some really good, uh, defenses. And I think that that's part of what makes him, uh, you know, an intriguing addition for the ducks in the transfer portal. Uh, and then you obviously have the staff's connections to Ole miss that kind of, I think maybe set this one in motion with Jaworski Beckham and and Wilson love. And the other thing that's kind of interesting with Casey Kelly uh, as you just kind of learn a little bit more about him, I talked about how he's the younger brother of uh, former Ole Miss and Clemson quarterback, Chad Kelly, um, who a lot of people might know. If you're a big college football fan, Casey Kelly, Oregon's newest tight end commit out of the transfer portal. When he was in uh, when he was a senior in high school at Mallard Creek, he threw for 2,155 yards and 20 touchdowns. Um, and he even added 389 yards on the ground and, and eight touchdowns. So I think that that speaks a little bit more to the type of athlete that Oregon's getting. Uh, I think that, like I said, tight end is a really interesting position because they can kind of do a little bit of everything for you. I mean, look at what Travis Kelsey is doing for the chiefs in the NFL. He's the cream of the crop at the position, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe you add Casey Kelly because he gives you a different dimension and a different dynamic in this tight end room. Um, one that I think is, is really impressive, uh, at least in the past couple of years for Oregon, but the staff is still working during the offseason to kind of plug some of those holes on the roster. And, and certainly tight end has emerged as, as one of those areas where the ducks need a little bit of help out of the transfer portal. Now up to 11 guys um, out of the portal in the 2023 uh, cycle. Uh, I think some people maybe I feel weird saying it's a 2023 cycle and like, you know, putting the transfer portal guys with it, but it really is, you know, that's the 2023 cycle is the high school guys from the 2023 class and the transfer portal guys, uh, a lot of them which are already on campus for Oregon here in the uh, in the offseason. So I like Oregon's tight end room. It's uh, still a work in progress, and so we're going to have to see kind of how it uh, how it shakes out. Terrence Ferguson's the, the bona fide starter, no doubt. I assume he's going to run next to Patrick Herbert, and then we'll see how Kenyon Sadiq and uh, Casey Kelly kind of slide in here. And maybe if Casey Kelly can be a really impact guy for Oregon, maybe you don't need to burn Kenyan Sadiq's redshirt if you end up wanting to redshirt him. I think that Casey Kelly's commitment gives you a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more breathing room with a guy like Kenyon Sadiq, who I think, like I said, looked good in the spring game, but you don't want to be starting those guys out of necessity. You want them to be starting. You want them to be playing because you think they can make an impact early. And it's just really interesting to kind of watch how people manage, how coaching staffs manage a uh, respective player's uh, production and, and you know development at their school. Uh, Miguel, uh, with another update, also offensive lineman Cole Young entered the transfer portal today. Yeah, I did see that uh, that update uh, over on Twitter that uh, Cole Young had entered the transfer portal. Um, I don't think that I don't think that even though you know what I've heard from you know from sources and you know from players is that he's really well liked. I believe he's a former walk-on, so that wasn't a guy that was, you know, using a scholarship for Oregon, as far as I'm aware. Um, but you know, I did see him. You know, he was liking a lot of my stuff on Twitter, and he pops up in my feed every now and then. So, all the best to Cole Young on uh, on his on his next stop, wherever he ends up. But uh, let's see what else we have here any more comments or questions. I'm probably going to be winding down this show in just a few minutes. So if you guys have any more questions or comments, go ahead and throw them uh, in the chat. Got a, got a comment here from Andrew. He's a long time viewer and a frequent frequent uh, commenter in the, in the live streams. Andrew's saying, I was a little bummed to see Sadiq have a few drops in the spring game. That's not even true. Live fire. Here's hoping T Ferg makes it through the season without any missed time. Yeah, and we were talking about that a little bit earlier, Andrew, uh, in case you know you weren't here. Um, but I think it's, you know, the drops weren't great that you saw. You know, they they seemed like they were pretty wide open from from what I was able to see. And you know, I was watching the spring game uh, a little bit, some highlights um on my flight back to to California yesterday from Texas. And, you know, it's it's tough to see guys drop open passes, and, and there were a fair amount of drops, uh, not even just from the tight ends uh, or Sadiq specifically, but but just from the offense during that spring game. So, yeah, I see your point about it not really even being true live fire since it's a spring game setting. Uh, but as as of right now, you know, from what I've been told and, you know, I'm hearing from sources is that uh, Terrence's injury isn't super serious. And uh, as of right now, it doesn't look like he's going to be missing any extended time going into the season. So definitely want to just focus on getting him back to full health. You know, like we talked about a little bit earlier, getting Kenyon Sadiq to, to add a little bit more Add a little bit more weight, maybe in the in the weight room with Wilson Love and company this off season. Um, so we'll we'll see how those guys can develop and, and what the tight end room is looking like for Oregon when fall camp comes around. Like I talked about, um, the spring football season is now over uh, after the spring game. There was supposed to be one more practice, but I don't think that's going to be happening. That was canceled this morning, is what I was told. Um, so we'll see what things look like when things get ramped up again in uh, you know early to mid August for Oregon. Another question here also has MVB Michael Van Buren set any commitment date. It'd be nice if Oregon was his last official visit. Uh, yeah. So as of right now, Andrew, what we're looking like with, uh, with Michael Van Buren and his commitment date, uh, a couple of weeks ago earlier this month, um, he had set a commitment date of July 8th, uh, but that was before he announced the top three of Oregon, Penn state, and Maryland. So We wonder if there's any flexibility there with his commitment date or if he's dead set on taking that. You know, at least as of right now, you would probably think that Oregon, Maryland and Penn State are all going to get official visits. But uh, from what I had heard, Penn State had already started to offer uh, at least one other quarterback in the 2024 class. So maybe that tells you a little bit about where James Franklin and the Nittany Lions feel like their chances stand with the Under Armour All-American quarterback out of Baltimore uh, I know that Oregon would love to have his last official visit. That's kind of what a little bit of their strategy seems to be, trying to get those official visits scheduled um, as close to the commitment dates as possible. Van Buren was out here this past weekend in Eugene um, for uh, the Elite 11 as well. So it was uh, definitely, definitely big, I think, for Oregon to get him back on campus. Like I've talked about, you know, that two quarterback class, trying to see if that vision is something that he aligns with. Uh, with with Luke Moga now in the fold. But the fact that the Elite 11 regional was in Eugene, I think was a major added bonus for the Ducks. And uh, they're probably, I think they positioned themselves well uh, to benefit from having that event just the day after the spring game. You know, so many big time prospects in the 2024, 2025, 2026, even classes were on campus in Eugene because they were competing in the Elite 11 the next day. Big linebacker target, Braden Platt, was uh, was uh, one of the top performers from what I was seeing from Brandon Huffman and the 247, four, 247 folks uh, who were at the Elite 11. Braden Platt's a big-time linebacker target for Oregon in 2024 out of Yelm High School. So the fact that the Elite 11 was in Eugene and that Michael Van Buren was throwing at that, I think played a major role in getting him back on campus. So you kind of see these twists and turns, and you're seeing some of these things that are falling into Oregon's favor um, on the recruiting trail, and that was definitely one of them comment here Sadiq looked like looked a sh- uh looked shorter than I expected he looks more like a big wide receiver yeah and I think that's really kind of what he he looked like on tape um you know coming out of of high school in in uh, at Skyline High School in Idaho Falls his 247 sports profile lists him at 6'3 220 pounds And I think he moves really, really well for a tight end. He did kind of seem like he was a little bit of a jumbo wide receiver at times during his senior season, really did show up when it mattered most on the big stage, Um, you know, was, was super, super productive. Um, Let's see. In 2021, he caught 78 passes for 1,162 yards and 19 touchdowns, ran for two scores and added two interceptions on defense, according to Brandon Huffman of 247 Sports. So this is a guy that has a lot of versatility to his game, but now I think it's going to be about maintaining that athleticism and adding some weight to his frame so that he's ready to ready to go uh, in 2023, because I think even though you add Casey Kelly now and you get a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more breathing room with kind of how you manage Kenyon Sadiq's development and, you know, deployment, in the scheme in 2023 I think that you still need to have him ready because you're still pretty thin on bodies at that at that position given some of the transfer portal movement that we've seen recently Sir Mel's obviously the most notable one of late uh the Ducks are definitely under that 85 scholarship cap and maybe they even go for another tight end now that uh Casey Kelly is in the fold maybe you still want to add to that room um I think that would certainly help make up for the two transfers that you lost but I think that uh you know Drew Maringer and Dan Lanning and Will Stein can kind of have a little bit of a sigh of relief now, just because they're looking at a healthier number spot at that position for, for 2023. Uh, another another comment here. Last thought: Oregon's defense looked solid, which I was really hoping to see with the treasure trove of five star visitors. Hopefully, Rushing Stone and all the rest liked what they saw. Yeah, there were a lot of big time visitors on campus. Uh, you know, Kamar Matuti, a big time linebacker target for the Ducks, Justin Williams, another talented linebacker out of Texas. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on KJ Bolden, big time safety out of Georgia. You know, that's definitely a guy that they're swinging for the fences with here in the the 2024 recruiting class. Um, but I think that was definitely one of the big takeaways from the spring game. I don't want to get into too much of it now because I want to do another show later today, but, uh, I think that just, you know, guys on that defense were, were running fast. They were hitting hard. They looked like they were more disciplined. It looked like a crisper game Uh, and just a lot of guys that were in the right spot at the right time. So seeing all of that, seeing the carryover from the 2022 season to the 2023 season, that what worked well, and then keeping that going while also adding in some of these pieces from the 2023 high school ranks. And clearly some of these guys from the portal, Jordan Birch was obviously the big, uh, big name there. Uh, You know, he was having a day and he was in the backfield pretty regularly. Uh, Tysheem Johnson had some big hits and he was in some good spots. Uh, Jamal Hill had a really nice tackle on Bucky Irving that probably saved the touchdown Hill moving to linebacker here in the spring. So we're getting some more clarity uh, as far as what Oregon's 2023 defense is looking like and the team as a whole, Uh, but still a whole lot of question marks as far as what this squad's eventually going to look like uh, when the 2023 season comes around. Um, So I don't want to get too much more into that. We'll have that later, but The the Casey Kelly addition is definitely notable for Oregon because we knew that tight end depth was a concern all offseason, and then that really kind of got moved into hyperdrive or at least kicked up a notch when Terrence Ferguson went down with an injury in in spring ball. So the Ducks have been kind of navigating spring practice a little bit shorthanded from an offensive standpoint with Terrence Ferguson's injury, but uh, Casey Kelly is definitely an addition that they needed. And, uh, you know, like we kind of say with transfers, you don't really transfer to a school more often than not, unless you kind of see yourself playing uh, a decent role on that team and, and, you know, having some snaps coming your way for the most part, right? So Casey Kelly a duck out of uh, Ole Miss, latest edition for Dan Lanning and Oregon football. Um, that's pretty much all I have for now on this episode, you guys. Make sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel and tap in with me, lock in with me on social media, at Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And then at Oregon Football Max Torres on YouTube. And you can find all my written content over on DucksDigest.com. Go ahead and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, with your family, and with other Duck fans. That is a tremendous support and a huge help to what I'm doing covering Oregon football and Oregon recruiting. But uh, I'll make sure to send out the details on the live stream for later tonight. But you won't want to miss that. Me and Spencer McLaughlin, probably like 6.30 p.m. Pacific time is what we're looking like. But uh, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to talk some ducks, talk some recruiting as always, and we will see you in the next episode of the Duck's Dish podcast.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.